when you're too cheap to go to the library. The Look Inside This Book Club. I'm Becky Selengut. And I'm Matthew Amster Burton. I'm going to say this, which is that I heard about you, Libby, through a mutual friend that we have. <laughs> you're talking about the guest before she's been introduced. Okay, go Okay, ahead. you go. <laughs> Great. We're, we're uh, seasoned pooping, professionals. Pooping pants. <laughs> All right. We have a guest on the show this week. Uh, we're very excited. Uh, she is the author of Mercer Girls. She is the author of Tidewater. She is the author of the best-selling novel writing guide, Take Off Your Pants. Her name is Libby Hawker. Libby, welcome to the show. Thanks. You made that sound like really exciting. It is exciting. It's very exciting. And, Are you kidding? And 18 other books. That he didn't mention. Right. How many books have, have we written between us, Becky? Like seven, probably? Four. And you've written three? Um, yeah. I've, I've done four. You've done three. So I've seven. Done, uh, well, like, including the one we including did together. Including the one we did together. So. I've done four, including the one we did together. Okay, so then we've so. done eight. All right. How many books That's have you great. written, Libby? Good, good job, you guys. Congratulations. Okay, that was not <laughs> oh, at all patronizing. <laughs> She's like, that was so sweet. Uh, um, last nice week, try, you guys. <laughs> good job, guys. <laughs> no, that was good. Um, last week, I finished my 23rd novel. Sure. Sure. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Me too, in my brain. Yeah. Uh, but but I, here's the thing. I yeah. live on a stupid rock in the middle of the water, and there's literally nothing else to do but write books. So it's not that impressive when you put it in that light. You know, I had a question on here about writer's block. I'm now, I'm now erasing that. <laughs> Clearly, you, you're on writer's rock. There's uh, no block. Literally. So what, what does your day look like? <laughs> this, is, this is something people always ask writers, and like the, the answer is never what they're hoping for, but I'm going to ask anyway. So like, you know, do, you, do you get up early and write for a set number of hours or a word count? Uh, wait, like, wait, can I answer this question for her? Oh, yeah. I know that's not sure. how interviews normally go. No, no, do it. <laughs> if you read her book titles, she sits naked and writes outlines. Or pantsless and writes outlines. Because I didn't read Take Your Pants Off. I'm I still did. curious why it's called Take Your Pants Off. Take Off Your Pants. Or Take Off Take Your Pants Off. <laughs> either well, way. It's really, either way. So, unless that really does change change the subject. I don't know. <laughs> so anyway, I'm, I just imagine you in your underwear writing outlines. Um, that's accurate part of the time. I mean, I do write outlines a lot. And sometimes when I do it, I'm just wearing underwear. Mm -hmm. So Notice she said underwear and not panties. Thanks. You're welcome. I, I hate I, the word panties. I, uh huh. Okay. I this I only learned recently that this was a thing that bothered people. Like recently, like in the last three weeks. Like I said the word, and like two of my female friends were like, "Ooh." Matthew, women are people. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'm just gonna chew my scone. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Seriously, you can. You, you're the floor is now yours. Oh. What, oh. Okay. Uh, <laughs> what does my day look like? Yeah. You're totally right that it's it's never what people expect. Mm -hmm. Um. So I think I write, people expect a quill to be involved. Yeah, or like um, really, you know, like lightning bolts of inspiration mm -hmm. striking from the sky. Oh, it's, that happens all the time. Oh, constantly. No. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it is, you know, it's fairly mundane, honestly. I write for a living. This is just like my whole job. So, um, you know, I get up, well, I get up pretty early, but I don't start writing right away. I have like a weightlifting class and I dink around for a while. And then like 11 o'clock, I go to my office, which I have to have an office um, outside of my home because my husband is now early retired so he hangs out at home all day and does yard work and works on um cars and stuff and uh uh he talks a lot <laughs> yeah. he's a very sweet guy and i love him to death but he doesn't let me work boy this, there, so. this guy sounds a lot like me <laughs> <laughs> so i have to i have to escape him for a few hours if i want to be productive so i have an office in town and i just mm -hmm. go in there and um yeah, I just sit down and just get my work done for the day. It's just kind of whatever whatever needs to happen so that I can hit a deadline with that book. So, you know, maybe I have to write like two or three chapters that day or 5,000 words or whatever it is. I just go in and get it done, go home. That's it. Gosh, you are like so more dis much more disciplined than I am. I'm absolutely impressed. It, it, it takes a lot of discipline to do it, but also... Um, I mean, you kind of have no choice when you rely on it for your living. Like, yeah. if, that's, if that's the only way you're going to pay the bills... You're just mm -hmm. like, well, time to make the donuts, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. Becky Becky teaches cooking as well as being a writer. Yeah. And so, so when she says time to make the donuts, she means no, it's time literally. to teach literally, a class about donuts. It's yeah. time to make the donuts. Yeah, literally. Yeah. <laughs> so I am disciplined in that I show up at my classes because yeah. they, make, they make money for so me. So I jumped, I jumped ahead. We were going we to do our traditional first segment and talk about uh, like what's new with us lately. Oh, yeah. Now, now that we've, oh, now yeah. we know that we have a famous uh, local treasure with us, we can... <laughs> <laughs> I think that sounded more sarcastic. Than yeah, I totally. And I also don't think she's a local. I mean, she's local, but I think like I used to live in Seattle. 
I think I think Seattle can claim the San. I think we can annex that shit. No, I was actually saying that I think she's more well known than just as a local local writer. Well, but you can be a local treasure. Vastly overestimating me and my career. I mean, Tom (laughs) Skerritt is a local treasure, even though he's he's known worldwide. I really love that you dug deep for Tom Skerritt. (laughs) I didn't dig deep. I think about Tom Skerritt every day. (laughs) That's okay. Should I tell you about my Magnum PI crush? (laughs) Oh, Mag. Oh, uh, Tom Selleck is amazing. It's the Toms. It's something about Tom. Has there ever been a, sh- a show or a movie with Tom Skerritt and Tom Selleck? I would oh. watch the shit out of that. Yeah. Okay, Becky, okay. what's new with you? <clears throat> so I um, had... Uh, remember that story I told you, Matthew, about uh, when I saw the hawk descend on a pigeon and like give it a haircut and pull out its feathers and then it got hit by a car? Do you remember that whole story? Uh, yeah. Crazy story. And I feel like I'm like David Attenborough, like urban edition. And I keep seeing these really weird, like bird maiming thingies. Um, so I was walking out of my house yesterday or not yesterday, two days ago. And there was a, a racket of chickadees, which is like a flannel of lesbians. It's what you call a like racket a, gr- of ch- a group of. I don't think I know what a chickadee is. I mean, a, I know. OK, I'm going to describe it. Okay. Cutest little thing. White little stripe on the side. Black little head. Did I get it right? Or yeah. is that a junco? No, that's, that's, that's right. a chickadee. That's, I've that's never chickadee. heard the word junko. That's another bird that's all over the place. Um, <laughs> and so it's it, like a bird with a huge dick. <laughs> that totally should It's be. got a sidecar for its huge dick. As, as you know, I used to... <laughs> I used to teach biology, and one thing I remember is that, is that uh, male birds have, like, enormous yeah. balls. Seriously? Yes. Male birds don't have balls. Well, they they're, they're internal. Okay, right. right. Internally um, they, they have, huge balls. They have, like, uh, you know, they produce enormous amounts of sperm. That's true. Oh, wow. I used to, um, my in my life before I was a writer, I, I worked as a zookeeper and my specialty was birds. Oh, my God, I love this one. Okay, so so far you've mentioned weightlifting and zookeeping. zookeeping. We were going to ask you a bunch of questions <laughs> about romance, novel, but, romance novels, but I think it's going to be all weightlifting and zookeeping from here on out. Um, okay, so Becky, you were out in the yeah. world and, and there was a Wait, bird. Wait, finish your sentence. No, no, I just, I just know a lot of weird random shit about birds because I spent, you know, like three years working with them really closely. So, yeah, I can tell you all about How? bird balls and bird semen. I, I have a feeling this goes hand in hand or talon in talon with your shape-shifting. No. No? No, there aren't. I mean, bird shapeshifters aren't sexy. Nobody wants to fuck a bird. Interesting. That oh, changes my whole game. We're going to learn so That much. changes my whole fucking game. You just <laughs> blew, burst my shape bubble. <laughs> All right. Wait, okay. back to my weird anyway. bird, bird sighting. <laughs> hey, Becky, could you please close the window next to you? And I also think birds are sexy. So, anyway. Um, no, I don't. That's creepy. Okay. <laughs> um, so I walk out and I and, and there's the racket of chickadees and I see a crow and it's got a chickadee in its little things. The crows talons? Have, the crows don't really have talons. Really. Claws? Claws. Um, and there's a bunch of chickadees flying around. Do we have a bombing. zookeeper in the house? Is there anyone here who can tell us whether crows have talons? <laughs> I think I'm, we always just refer to them as feet. Yeah. Feet. Crow feet. Yeah, I guess, I guess maybe only crow raptors feet. have yeah, crow's feet. They don't say you've got crow talons on your face. <laughs> that would be fucking badass. <laughs> wow, those That's crow right, claws yeah. really show your age, yeah, Matthew. Like my grandma was so mean she didn't have crow's feet. She had crow's talons. <laughs> <laughs> crow's talons. Okay, so anyway, it's um, it's starting to just totally dive in and attack it. And all the chickadees are, are swooping on the crow. And my first thought that came to my brain is... Aren't crows vegetarians? Which I don't know why that thought came to my brain. But I was like, I see crows like eating garbage. I don't see crows eating live animals. You're saying garbage is vegetarian and or vegetarians well, eat garbage? You, that's your that's your position? As you know, Matthew, the first thought that comes to my brain is often non not logical. Mm-hmm. It's just a thought. And vegetarian garbage eaters, then I then I proceeded to say, oh, right, there's lots of obviously meat products in garbage, but there's never live flesh in, you know. Well, there's rats crawling around in yeah, it. Yeah, but I've never seen a crow eat a live animal. That's okay. that's the, the point. So Got I was it. extremely disturbed. So the, my first action after that thought was to break <laughs> up the murder. So I start to run towards to save the chickadee. And then I stopped and went, the chickadee's head is half removed. I don't want to. I don't want to stop this process because that's actually crueler, right? So then I backed up. Sure. So then, full full beheading happened, and then I feel so sad inside. Did you like, Did you YouTube it? Did you find it? No, <laughs> I felt so sad, and I was like, "But this is nature," and it was like I was eating my chicken nuggets and being like, "This is horrible," <laughs> and then. 
And then I went down the street and I started to walk towards the co-op to buy um, a turkey. And I, I, there was That's a, not true. No. And there was a guy and he just like right in my ear, right as I passed him. And I live, by the way, Libby, uh, in front of Sound Mental Health, which is oh, okay, a, a yeah. campus of people struggling with mental health, which right. is no problem because, you know, I'm it, across it the street. It is actually and, a problem. <laughs> Is it mental health or poor mental health? Well, the way you said it made made it sound like mental health issues, not really a problem. Not really a problem. (laughs) No, definitely a problem um, for all of us, Um, especially probably everyone at this table. Um, But anyway, so we do have some colorful characters that walk our streets uh, on meds, sometimes off meds. Right. And so I think so then I walk by and this guy goes, hey. And I turn around because he was right in my face, and I and I look at him, and he looks he looks normal, which means that he's most likely not. And he says, <laughs> um, he said, "Is that a dead body over there?" What? And so I just had this experience with like the the violence of like the poultry massacre around the corner. So I I turn around and look, and I just see a car and urban landscape and nothing. And so I look back at him, and he goes. <laughs> Oh. And I was like, oh, yeah. and so I kept walking and I was like, and that's how you met Ashton Kutcher. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, Matthew, stop. No. <laughs> oh my God. So that was my weird day. That is pretty weird. I mean, the important thing to remember about birds, even chickadees, is that they're dinosaurs. So, yes. So they Excuse will. Me? So they will like yeah, fucking tear you I mean, up, they're, right? You know. Oh, I see what you're saying. They are dinosaurs, just as we are apes. You know, yeah. like they're that close to to what they. Oh, evolved. I don't believe yeah, that But what stuff. about the vegetarian dinosaurs? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they. But birds all you know all birds we know today evolved from theropods, which seem to be, um, you know, like the little two legged runny ones, like the Velociraptors in Jurassic Park. Like they, mm-hmm. they seem to be as far as we have been able to tell so far. <laughs> meat eaters and then they adapted to vegetarian diets as they sort of turned more into birds and spread out through different So would you say that lions. modern birds are clever girls? <laughs> Not most of the modern birds I <laughs> yeah, know. Okay. Clever girls. That. That's a Jurassic Park joke. Oh, thank you. I'm like, what? Yeah. But um, a lot of birds, a lot of birds, even ones that we classically think of as being vegetarians will eat, um, will kill and eat little live animals if they can get them. So like Wait. chickens really often eat live mice if they can find them and yeah. So I'm just fucking disgusted. <laughs> Everything you know about birds is wrong. Everything. That's a, that's my new book. Yeah. It's, Take your pants off. Sit down because everything you know about birds is wrong. That's right. You thought you thought they had balls. No. Well, I mean they do. They're just way right. inside of them. Which but, which is how it should be. Well, here's, the, here's the cool thing though. Most most birds don't have dicks. They have balls, but they wait. Have and why is that a cool thing? <laughs> <laughs> it's just kind of interesting. Like they, that they is evolved all these uh, interesting adaptations so that they could fly better. And one of the things, you know, evolution decided they could get rid of was a penis. So the majority of birds, if they don't copulate in water, then they don't have penises. Or if they're if like you know, ratites, the flightless birds, like ostriches and <laughs> emus and stuff, they have penises. And I've had the misfortune to see them sometimes throughout my career as a zookeeper. Oh, like a, like at Burning Man. <laughs> <laughs> Burning Man. <laughs> No, like, so I, I worked with this pair of ostriches at the Woodland Park Zoo for a while. Sure. And one of them was like, As a male, one does. was totally an exhibitionist. Like he would get, you know, a bird boner and like wave his weird dick around just, just to let you know it was there kind of type of thing. And it was just really weird. looking. This is all making was, sense. My ex-boyfriend was like that. <laughs> <laughs> it was a very strange thing to witness. But um, yeah, so, so some of the, some of the, the um, seabirds that, that do their mating like in the water, cause it's safer to do it there than, you know, up in the air. They have penises, but everything else got rid of its penis because they needed the the reduced body weight to fly better. Question. So, yeah. If you don't have a penis, serious, serious question, where does the sperm come out of? Uh, well, the, it comes out of their cloaca. Which I oh, knew she was going to say cloaca, cloaca. sooner the or later. grossest word. It's, it's an amazingly <laughs> gross word. Well, it's the grossest word. thing. Yeah, yeah, it, it, yeah, is. So it, it should have a gross word. Absolutely oh, true. Yeah. It's super gross, and basically, like this is how birds have sex. They just smush their cloacas together and just go and like rub them around together. So and it's like lesbian sex. Yeah, yeah, basically, they, yeah, they it's scissor, like tortillas. Kind of. Yeah, tortillas. <laughs> That's what Mexicans <laughs> Mexicans call. Thanks for the visual. Call, call lesbians <laughs> tortillas. Did they do the hand gesture too. That's what happened to me when I was in Mexico City with oh, my ex girlfriend, yeah, and we I were walking I, the street. I heard that episode. Uh huh. And it, they went tortillas, tortillas, and I was like, "What the hell?" And I looked around for the tortilla stand, and then realized we were the tortilla stand. I don't envision. <laughs> I don't envision two women having sex as being anything like tortillas, though. I mean, Let's all stop and envision that. <laughs> My, my eyes just went off to that, that <laughs> fantasy place, that memory place. You're right. It's nothing like tortillas. Yeah, it's more like an enchilada. 
That, yeah, that's, that makes sense to me. That does yeah. make sense. Or chimichanga. <laughs> that makes sense. I don't sense. even know what a chimichanga is. What is a chimichanga? It's a fried, fried burrito. <laughs> it definitely sounds sexier than tortillas, though. Yeah. So. Yeah, but why did a burrito make sense? <laughs> no, it was an enchilada. <laughs> oh, why did an enchilada make sense? Oh, you know, because it's all, like, juicy. Oh. Tortillas are just so flat. They're just sitting it's true. there flat on a table. Like yeah. That's, yeah, it's more like there's some avocados, there's, you know... Yeah, there are at least some angles involved, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, tortillas are just... Yeah. Yeah, anyway. Yeah. Okay, anyway, so... On that note. So, so that was my week. <laughs> Matthew, you want to go next? Uh, sure. So, I, I, speaking of local treasures, um, I went to the new uh, KEXP studio. It's our, our local, like, uh, indie rock, indie music of all kinds, radio stations, to see a free performance by the Posies, who, who were, like, my favorite band when I first moved to Seattle in 96. Um, and uh, still, still love their their albums from the '90s, and they and they still get together and make records and stuff. And so, uh, I went to see the Posies, not having seen them for like ten years. And um, one of them now looks like an old man, and the other one still looks pretty much like an indie guy. Um, and uh, the audience for this show, which uh, and, and I'm like I'm like looking at this audience, like like man, you know, like I don't fit in with these people at all because it was all like people in their 40s and babies. And then I looked at myself, and I'm like, oh. I do fit in here. <laughs> That's like I went to an Indigo Girls concert last summer with my awesome. friends. Yeah, it was super awesome. And tortillas. it was it was all <laughs> speaking of tortillas. It was it was all like women in their forties and fifties and like families with babies. Yeah. It was like, oh, we've reached that phase. Like mm-hmm. stuff from when we were young is now classic. Rock. I'm going to see Hart in concert this summer. <gasps> oh, I love Hart. I love so great. True story. This is cosmic because this morning I woke up with Barracuda in my head and oh, it would yeah. not get out. And yeah. I was like, I'm fine with this. Yeah. yeah. That's a great song to wake that's up great. with. Awesome. Totally. Yeah. That, that really would set your whole day on the right path. I yeah. wake up and that's with, like, how you the, ended up here. Yep. I wake up with the Barney theme song in my head sometimes. <laughs> I love you. Not you funny. love me. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Thanks Homosexuality. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what was your week Libby oh god well let me preface this by saying nothing interesting ever happens on the island where I live and that's why in part why I live there so it's not like one of those backwoods murder islands no okay. it's not nearly that exciting um, it, it, the interesting thing about the San Juan Islands is that each island kind of has its own little culture so like Orcas Island is where the 1% lives mm-hmm. and um, Lopez Island is where all the like hippies yeah like super Farmers. super super hippie people who are really into like swapping partners live there ooh, yeah, ooh. true story <laughs> <laughs> and lots of rabbits. Did, did, yeah, lots do they have any, any, like, uh, is there any, like, land available on that island? <laughs> yes, there's plenty if you're interested. But everyone knows when it, someone's having an affair on an island because you see their car well, in the wrong place. Well, it's not an affair if it's, oh, if it's all consensual. Oh, this is all open. Everyone knows everyone's business on yeah. an island. It's yeah. ridiculous. Um, and then, so San Juan Island is, is this really bizarre mixture. Like, in the summer, we get a lot of people who um, are, you know, have a little bit more... Uh, <laughs> Privileged. Sorry, there's some drama going on with some sort of scone over here. Um, <clears throat> we get a lot of people in the summer who who are, you know, they have more means. They can travel more. They can afford to spend like six weeks off doing nothing. Um, and then everybody else who lives on the island year round, with the possible exception of me, is like super conservative and like really rednecky. Like my neighbor has a don't tread on me flag that he flies constantly. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a really interesting, strange place. So they, they probably all got just like crazy shit in their basements, right? Probably, mm-hmm. yeah. And you grew then, up in a small town in Idaho, though, right? Yeah. So this is so, probably feels comfortable. Yeah, to this you. is like why I wanted to move here. I was like, ah, oh, going back to my roots. And my husband's like, what is this weird place? But okay, <laughs> I mean, he's down with it now. But um, yeah. So. <laughs> After he heard about the, the wife's love. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's on Lopez. Wrong island. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um. Yeah. So so you know, not much happens there of note. So the most exciting things that happened to me is I had some guests up last week, and uh, everything was going fine. Until my cat, randomly out of nowhere, decided to pee on the pillow that my friend brought specially from her house because she can only sleep with that pillow. Oh, no. Yeah. My oh, asshole cat. Terrible. He's such a dick. I don't know why he lashes out like this. I've always been good to him. I've owned this cat for 15 years. He's mm-hmm. been my baby the whole time. And just once in a while, he just has like a pee tantrum. Does he actually have a dick? Uh, yeah, he does. Now I'm, of course, focused on Even though he's neutered, and I have a female cat, he and the female cat try to have, like, gross neutered cat sex all the time. Oh, that is so disgusting. Uh, Tortillas. <laughs> what is gross neutered cat sex? Uh, I'll tell you. <laughs> Thank you. It starts out with a long chain of his super sexy sex meows. Oh. Which are, like, very, you know, can very you, specific. We've done this on the show yeah, before. Did, what does that sound oh, yeah, like? It goes like this. Meow. <laughs> <laughs> 
wow, wow, wow. I'm getting kind of wow. sweaty over like, here. Yeah, wow. like that rhythm, that pitch, and then she it's sort of disco like. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, he knows what's up, and and she's <laughs> kind of like finally is like oh god fine and she like walks over and like gets in the position and he'll like oh like she's like okay yeah. assume the position yeah she's like down with it more or less i mean she kind of has this dtf look kitty yeah totally dtf <laughs> well i mean not entirely she has this look on her face like just get it over with you know yeah. so he like gets over her back and like bites the back of her neck like cats normally do when they're about to fuck but he doesn't know what to do after that point so he just stomps his back feet back and forth he just he does a dance stomping and stomping mm-hmm. until she finally gets sick of it and then she turns around and goes and hits him in the face boy this is all sounding so familiar wow <laughs> were you so watching this- Matthew and Lori last night <laughs> <laughs> so that's it I mean that's that's what happens so yeah he's a, he's a very strange cat and he just decided to pee on my friend's special oh that sucks oh. so the other weird thing that happened is that you know I, I guess there was supposed to be a memorial day parade I didn't realize this on before. the island yeah um, and I was sitting in this cafe with my friends. We're all having coffee and talking about, you know, stuff we're going to be working on that week or whatever. And this, like, really raggedy-ass marching band goes by outside the window. <laughs> it was it was cobbled together. It was the Island of Misfit Toys marching band. It was, like, some really weird dinged-up trombone. And, like, somebody had this ancient glockenspiel. And there was, like, a baton twirler. And it was, it was sad. It was really sad. Aww. And they marched by. And we all just kind of stopped and stared, like, what? and i was like i guess maybe they're practicing for the parade that is allegedly going to happen but then the parade never happened it so was the parade i think that, that was, was the parade, parade. wow wow <laughs> like that a is... day early Aww. just sad trombones and weird it was you know that's going to make its way into one of your books yeah probably absolutely yeah. were they yeah. were they out of tune or just like raggedy looking i honestly don't even remember hearing sure. the music because i was so <laughs> <laughs> by the visuals of like you know like like these were my neighbors with their don't tread on me flags just like walking around in jeans and t-shirts with their weird instruments that were and it was just there was like strung out like they weren't trying to stay in formation or anything it was just <laughs> people walking around with instruments playing yeah. them a marching band in street clothes seems like it would be so, yeah. very strange looking it was a little anticlimactic yeah. yeah it's like what's the point if you're not going to put on a little pomp you know <laughs> pomp on a little pomp that's what I say every morning to Barney uh, oh we All should right. pro- we should probably take it to a break. Yeah, we'll, be- we'll be back with more zookeeper confessions after this. <laughs> most of the people I know and love are mentally ill. Oh, I think most people are. Oh, sure, of course. This goes back to my zookeeping thing. We're all talking into our mics again. Are we recording again? We are. Okay, yeah, that's fine. I'll just say this real quickly. This goes back to my zookeeping thing again. Like animals in captivity, they exhibit uh, unnatural behaviors because of the unnatural unnatural environments they're in, and I think that you know a lot of mental illness in people is, is attributed to that. Like we live in boxes. We sit in cars all the time. We're not like, you know, we evolved to like run down prey. We evolved to live on an Island and swap partners all the time. <laughs> you wish you're going to have to come visit us. I know, there's some truth to that, right? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's my theory after observing very sad animals in captivity for many years. Okay, so <laughs> we note. we need to we need to get into some serious shit here, right? Yeah, we like, finally so, have a writer of the type of books we love to pan. Yeah, and so when, without ripping my, my wife, first thing she says to me, she said, "You're not going to rip apart this poor woman's <laughs> books, are you?" And I was like, "No, no of course not. We're going to wait till she leaves, and next week's episode Absolutely. is going to be to go back." No, just kidding. no, no, and, and 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 to be clear, like as we've said on the show many times, we we do not hate any of the authors whose books we attack. No, we love them for Nicholas deeply. Sparks. Yeah, we do hate. I agree with you on that. <laughs> um, so, I mean, we definitely have questions about shape-shifting. We have questions about romance. And, like, true to the name of our show, we never read past the Kindle excerpt of right. any of the books we do. Mm-hmm. Um, and that means you never really get to the meaty stuff. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, first of all, I'm kind of wondering, like, say, say we, Becky and I, wanted to write a romance novel, like, what do you think would be like a good thing to do and what would be a real mistake? Like what are, what are things that people are looking for in a romance novel and what are things that really turn readers off? Oh, great like question. like a thing in each category. Yeah, the interesting thing about the romance market is that the readers are very, very specific about what they expect. And that what, was the impression what, I got. Yeah, yeah, and what they will not accept, um, which makes it kind of, uh, I don't want to say it's easy to write a good romance novel because it's not. It's actually very difficult to write something that, that will really strike the right cord with that group of readers, but you do have a more uh, clear roadmap to what they're going to like. Sure. So um, you you have to have, you know, the, the main focus of the plot needs to hinge on, uh, let me put it this way, it's kind of hard to explain, 
to like people who don't write fiction um, very much. I know you write some fiction, but <laughs> not all the time. Um, the The force that drives the plot has to rely on the uh, the two main characters working out the personality conflict between them and ultimately falling sure. in love. And they have to end up happily together at the end. They don't have to get married necessarily, not anymore. Um, but they have to end up H-E-A, happily ever after, as the saying We goes. learned this term recently. Yeah. <laughs> it's sort of like DTF, but a little bit... A little bit uh, chiller than that, yeah. A yeah. um, little more family-friendly. But yeah, if you don't have the H-E-A, you will not succeed in romance. And I actually... So some of my books are traditionally published, and I had uh, my publisher not too long ago kind of positioned one of my historical novels as a historical romance, which it was not, because oh. it is not happy at the end. And that's <laughs> that's like my lowest rated book on Amazon, because oh. people are like, did not like this ending. And I was all, yeah, no shit, because it's not a romance novel. It's a historical novel. <laughs> Most of your books are, are shapeshifter historical, but I don't know if you have any like romance, right? Do you traditionally have any? Oh, there's like a series um, about a boat, right? I have, yeah, I have yeah. a few different pen names. So I have, I mean, as Libby Hawker, which is my main pen name, I write historical fiction and literary fiction. Mm -hmm. I don't do any romance under that pen name because um, it's such a different audience. And then, so I have also Lib Starling, and that's where I do all my romance stuff, including okay. the shapeshifter romance. Okay. And then I have another pen name that I'm launching this summer that's not out yet. So. Some days do you wake up oh, and not yeah. know who you are? Um, usually. Okay. <laughs> Can I ask an ignorant question yeah, go for before it. you finish All of our questions answer. are going to be ignorant questions. <laughs> no, these Come are on. good questions. I like them. Like, I know that... Historically, uh, women used pen names so that they could get access to uh, male-dominated uh, publishing houses. Right. But why now? Are, are there is there a need for? Is it just genre? Like I, I feel like I would never change my author name depending if I I just wrote a comedy book. It, I didn't change my name for that. So right. what is it about fiction and, and pen names? Oh, you used your usual name, Tignatara. <laughs> I'm selling so many books, and they might even pay for the lawsuit. <laughs> oh God! Um, no, that's a great question. It, it's purely a branding thing now. Uh -huh. um, it's it you know by using a different, a totally different label on your books, it mm -hmm. helps uh, readers be sure that they're going to get the kind of book they're going to enjoy. So, um, you know, I, I write a few different things as Libby Hawker because those are all audiences that sort of cross over to each other with these. Like, a lot of historical fiction readers will pick up a literary novel even if it's not set in historical times. Um, so that's, you know, it makes sense to sort of keep everything under one pen name there. But there's almost no crossover, like, demographically. Almost nobody who is really dorky about, like, historical fiction and literary fiction, they don't read romance and vice versa. Um, so just by having a different name for those books that I do, it just helps helps mm. those readers ensure that they understand what they're getting so that they're not going to be mm. like, I hated this book. It was a romance novel. Boo. You know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah. Hi hypothetical. Back when we wrote checks, would you ever write the wrong name? Um, yeah, I do that sometimes. I also, my, yeah. my last name is different from my husband's last name. So like sometimes I'll just <gasps> actually, Shocking. I know, yeah. I know. Ooh, it's so scandalous. Sometimes I'll like sign. This podcast is over. <laughs> <laughs> We're traditional We're, yeah. conservative values. We, we focus on the family. Yeah, yeah of course. <laughs> Does your husband ever screw up your name in bed? <laughs> <laughs> no, because all of my pen names are a variation on Libby. So, okay. So if he just says, like something that's okay. You won't you won't think he's he's going to to you, Lopez and fooling around with other women. You think no. you think she's so good that, that that her husband like loses the ability to speak? Yeah, I'll buy that. He yeah. doesn't even read most of my books. It's interesting. <laughs> They're just not his thing. He's that was like, one of my questions. He's like a sci-fi dude. He has here's here's a fun fact. This is something I'm only going to say on this podcast because you guys are you guys. Um, so for a while he was doing a lot of the edits on my romances, like the steamier stuff, because uh -huh. I just I had overbooked the editors I normally work with. And I was like I need need you to just like look over this for typos just catch it for typos we had some crazy sex during those times that's awesome because he's like when are you coming home from the office like as soon as he was done editing it was like yay i'm wow. gonna have you edit more often that's it, were, <laughs> that's awesome that were you fun. were you nervous about showing this to him the first time because no like, i don't i don't give a fuck anymore uh, okay because like, <laughs> I, I don't think i i don't think i give a fuck anymore but like when i showed the manuscript for my novel to, to my wife the first time like it had an extremely tame sex scene in it and i was and i was like oh yeah i what's she gonna think when she reads this and well, I, why did i feel that way i have no idea <laughs> What was I worried she was going to be thinking like, he knows what sex is. <laughs> That's awesome. No, I guess maybe it's because I was writing from a female perspective and maybe I was worried she was going to think like, That's not what it's like. 
And did she say that's not what it's like? Or did she say that's, that's, or did you not talk about it? Uh, (laughs) Never. No, no, I think she said it was, it was sweet. Oh, (laughs) vanilla. And then, and then in the next draft, I took it out. (laughs) No, No, I think, um, you know, I've just, by the time I started writing in that like hotter romance market, I would, you know, I had quite a few books under my belt. I'd already like gone through the rounds with agents and publishers. She said under her belt. (laughs) 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 And like, you know, I'd established my career and I was just writing every day anyway. So it's just a non-issue now. I I don't really care anymore who reads what. I'm just like, yeah, I wrote it, whatever. Nice. (laughs) So... Can wow. we can we get into the shape shifting thing yet, or, or Becky, do you have something you want to talk about first? You're so eager to talk about shape shifters, Matthew. Well, I, I I'm very Are curious. Curious? <laughs> I guess I am. <laughs> am I curious enough to like finish one of the shape shifting novels we've read? Not that curious. Um, <laughs> go ahead and let's talk about shape shifter, and that will lead right into my game. Okay. Okay. So here's what <laughs> we were wondering about. So so we read a um uh one where where a woman could turn into a leopard. We think. Um, and cats are very popular, right? So, so the, the most recent one we read, there were were cougars. Yeah. Um, so it was like, uh, she met a couple of hot guys who were also yeah, cougars. on an airplane, right? I think I remember that yeah. episode. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that book was pretty good. It was good. Um, I mean like that I re- book, that book. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that, I mean, I, rem- I remember really what happened. I enjoyed it. It all made sense. We've read uh-huh. some really, some stuff that doesn't make sense. Yeah. Okay. So if we read further into this book, what would we be likely to encounter in terms of like sexy times? So, so is she going to, when, uh, let, let's just get right into this. So, so is she going to have sex with a cougar or is she going to turn into a cougar and have sex with another cougar? Yeah, does a I mean, human actually I, have sex with an I animal? I understand we're talking about a book you didn't read. <laughs> or write. <laughs> or write. <laughs> but how does this work, like mechanically speaking? Yeah, um, so all, I, obviously I have not read all the shapeshifter erotica out there and I've only written a very tiny proportion of it. Um, but in all the stuff that I've had experience with, they only have sex in their human form. Okay. Now there's, uh, there's, yeah, like the animal form is used to kind of like be this overblown metaphor of like power and unpredictability. Yeah. You know? Um, and then like all the sex is in human form. I am sure there, there have to be some books out there where sex scenes do involve like an animal form. Um, technically those are against the rules on Amazon. So if they oh. are caught, they will be pulled down. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. There are certain things you cannot publish on Amazon and bestiality is one of them. Um, so yeah, if, if they're caught, they will be removed, but I, I, undoubtedly there are people who get around it. I mean that. Is is incest out also? Because I've noticed there's like tons and tons of stepbrothers. It can't be because yes. Game uh, of Thrones is inc- <laughs> incest. That's, that's true. Um, incest that is specifically like erotic incest that's meant to be like for the purpose of sexiness is is prohibited, and that's why what they call PI or pseudo incest, like stepbrother stuff, is is kind of the workaround on that. There is so much stepbrother. Yeah, stepbrother was really hot like six months ago, sure. and it's still kind of up there on the charts. Um, it, it's starting to wait. Trends move that quickly in romance. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Okay, so what's what's hot now, and what's hot next? Um, what's hot, really hot right now, <laughs> is is uh, like bad boy romance. So like sure. mafia dudes and oh, we and, just did uh, yeah. we just read an MMA romance. Yeah, um, yeah that's that kind of uh, the MMA stuff is. Sort Sort of like a crossover between bad boy and the sports genre, which sure. is also fairly, fairly which is w- right now. where Matthew lives most of the time. <laughs> that's that's right. Between like, bad boy, there's and my sports. bad boy side, there's my sports <laughs> side. I'm trying to figure out how to reconcile them. You definitely look like an athletic, sporty bad boy to me. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. people people say that, that to vibe. me all the time. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I, I don't really know what's next. What's coming up next? I mean, the billionaire stuff is still really strong, so that will probably this is stay gr- up. We've there. read all of these things. We read yeah. a billionaire one. We read uh, a hockey romance. Yeah. We read Bad Boy. We read Step Brother. We read Shapeshifter. Is there like I, a, we're doing pretty well here, right? Do you think there's like a converting lesbian sub theme? Um, I guarantee there I, is. I'm sure there is, but it's probably not that popular. Um, just just plain old lesbian, like two lesbians falling in love and staying in love is starting to really make a strong um, appearance. What's what's really interesting, I have this this friend who's a, an author in several different romance subgenres. She has different pen names for like the, the, the gay stuff she does, like all boys and like the hetero stuff. And she has found that like... The so people, she's on the DL. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> 
she's she's found that the people who read um, gay stuff they're almost entirely women, but they won't accept women in the stories. Like the, if there's a guy who's like bisexual, but he also you know his the main focus of the story is this romance with this man, they're not into that. If he has like an ex-wife in his past or whatever, they're super not into huh. that. It's really strange. She doesn't know why it happens. She has her theories, which will take too long to go into. But she has found that the people who read the hetero romances are really um, welcoming of the lesbian romances too. So lesbian is like a thing that's really starting. To and I bet up. trans romance is probably starting to. It probably heat up. is. In fact, I'll I'll give a plug for her too because she's a really awesome writer. Um, I think it's under her pen name L. A. Witt. She wrote this uh, trans sci-fi story called Static that's won a bunch of awards. It's really really good. Awesome. Like if anybody likes stories about trans people or just really cool sci-fi in general, they should read it. It's awesome. Can I just so. say something very strange here? Yeah. Which is that <laughs> I, I've been hired to cook for Susan Wiggs and Debbie Newcomer. Oh, um, <laughs> which the, is the strangest thing. Like. I, I, really, I don't know who those people are. They're very famous romance yeah. novels. Okay, okay. Susan Wiggs, where does she live now? Because she used to Oh, live Debbie like Makeup. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I do know, I do know yeah. the second one. Uh, sh- oh, gosh. I can't even remember now. Is on the peninsula, perhaps? Yeah, I think yeah. she's over there now. Yeah, the girl yeah. who used to cut my hair, she just moved to Los Angeles, but she also used to do Susan Wiggs hair. Yeah. So it's it's just weird. Like, I mean, I, I've, I've only been hired in my career by three writers, two of whom are these very <laughs> famous romance novels. One of them, a sci fi writer. Uh, who is amazing, Nic- so it's, Nicola it's, Griffith. It sounds like Oh, you're... my God, I love her. I know. Shut She's amazing. I, know. I was actually just like hoping her next book that was supposed to follow Hild came out. I was like sc- yeah. scamming for it on my Kindle last night. I was like, why is this not out yeah. yet? And, and yeah. her wife, who's also a, a, a um, writer. Who's oh, great. I didn't know that. Yep. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, um, we have a lot of writers in the area, but but you know, um, people who write in in the genres like romance and sci-fi, they tend to you know if they hit success, they hit bigger success than anybody else. I mean, they're yeah. much much bigger audiences in romance than in anywhere else. So, yeah, you're far more likely to run into uh, a, a romance author of means, shall we say, than mm-hmm. you know someone like a historical fiction author <laughs> who has means like me, which is why I'm trying to break out. In which, which is why you're here actually, because we want you to be our advisor on how we can write the two Tokyo chefs fall in love and turn into <laughs> raccoons. Okay, okay. Right. It it's called Tanuki. Oh, that's good. It wasn't the raccoons part that stopped me. It was, it was when uh, you implied that we were going to fall in love in the book. <laughs> like, like no. Uh, I think this is a good time to take it to a break. We'll be right back. All right. All right, we're back. And I think that um, we'll go back to your questions, Matthew, because I know you have a bunch of them. No, that's actually all the questions I wrote down, yeah. but I'm, I'm thinking of more questions. Okay. So. so, I mean, you guys want to know, like, kind of the formula, basically, like, what makes, it, makes a successful Absolutely. Romance. So you have to have two characters who have, like, a personal lack in their lives. Like, there's something about them as people that is missing. Sure. And they are only able to find that missing piece in the other person. So that's kind of the key to the romance. So that's what sets romance apart from just erotica where it's just a sexy story, right? Ah, okay. So it's like, I lost my dog and she has my dog. Yes, except instead of an external thing like a dog, it would be like, oh. I lost my humanity and I can get my humanity back if only, I learn how okay. to love her. That's, that's or basically. I don't have a penis and he has one. That's erotica. Oh, okay. <laughs> just, to, just to be clear. And you know it doesn't have to work that way, right? <laughs> it can be tortillas. <laughs> Thank you That's for explaining good. lesbianism to me, guys. I didn't know anything about it. Anytime. <laughs> this is going to open you. up You just lesbian-splained me. <laughs> or something. So is that what that book, The Tortilla Curtain, was about? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. That's like meat curtain. Okay. Hey. <laughs> Okay, so happily ever after, uh, some sort of personal, emotional, f- uh, lacking flaw, need that is found in the other person. Right, yeah. Plus, of course, uh, chemistry and, and steaminess. Yeah, the steaminess, interestingly enough, is not always a requirement, but chemistry is. Like, there should be, you know, attraction between them. I would say there should be sexual tension between mm-hmm. them, but um, not all romance genres uh, and not all romance readers want the sex in there. Like, there's a whole huge, actually, and very lucrative um, subgenre called sweet romance, where sure. nothing ever really goes beyond, like, kissing, um, at least not on the page. It's called, it, the genre is actually called sweet romance? So yeah, they call it sweet romance. So it's like the romance equivalent of cozy mystery. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Um, so, so like a sweet romance. Here, it's like first a... base books. Is that like is that like the publishing company? <laughs> oh my god, I'm totally gonna register that business Absolutely. name now. Absolutely. 
Um, there, so th- these are kind of the, the levels of, of romance. So you have the erotic romance that's mm-hmm. like really hot and there's a lot of focus on the sex and the sex itself is a big part of the plot. Then you have, you know, like hot or steamy romance, which is, you know, much more focused on the interaction of the two characters, but there's still plenty of sex in it. Then you have sweet romance where the characters may be having sex, even if they're not married but yet. But they're not telling you about it. Yeah, it, it's not shown <laughs> on, the scene, on, on the screen, you know, on, on the page. It's, they may kind of think about it and you sort of get hints of what was going on. <laughs> like they might be like, oh, I can't believe we had crazy sex last night, but there's no details about right. the sex. It's just like yeah. alluded to. Um, and then there's inspirational romance, which is traditionally like the Christian market where um, they espouse Christian values. So no one's doing anything more than like hand holding and kissing it's until like they're married. The magic underwear series. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I there am. is like LDS romance too, which is like even more. Sure. Is there really? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, man. Of course there is. <laughs> right. And all, 10% <laughs> proceeds go back oh! to the. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay. Uh, wait, I have a question. Um, okay. Typing in bed. I, I know, I know <laughs> Becky wants to get to a game, but like uh, we're going to, we're going to keep like putting you off uh, until the tension rises to an acceptable <laughs> Just, just has to there you burst go. out. You're starting to learn how to be a romance novelist. Something we have noticed is that the main character in many of the romances we've read is like sort of, um, you know, sexually closed off, but has a slutty friend, you know, that that is like, you know, you know, what you really need is, you know, to like jump into bed with that guy and that'll solve right. all your problems. Is there is like the, the word we've been using for this is the slutty friend. Is there <laughs> is there like a name for that character who keeps coming up? Um, I don't, As far as I'm aware, there's not like an industry-wide name for it, but a lot of us do just refer to it as like the slutty friend. Awesome. Or, or just like, you know, that friend. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes like the, the more progressive novelists among us on our, we have like a lot of private forums where we all talk about the stuff. They'll, oh. they'll refer to it as like the more sexually progressive or the more sexually open character right. who sort of urges them to get over their like virginal yes. fears yeah. and like take we, the plunge. We say it because we are feel guilty. The slutty friend we are not slut shaming no, by no, no, using no. Oh, that. not at all. That's what we say. We always just follow it with, we're not slut shaming. I agree. But we call it the slutty friend anyway. I, I have a, a, oh man, and there is a lot of slut shaming that happens among yeah. romance oh, readers, which is crazy. It's, oh yeah, yeah. We've noticed this over and over again. Oh yeah. For people who are reading this, you know, at least in part for some sexual stimulation, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, they get really picky about what they will and won't accept as far as behaviors go among their characters. And it's Oh, I want to hear more about do this. Do you really think the people who read stepbrother romances should judge? I... Whether whether and they should they or do. not, they do because so like, we have, all do. Yeah, I have an example for you. So I have a friend who's getting really successful with um, some kind of like billionaire style serial romances. Mm-hmm. She had a scene where the 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 heroine, the the female main character, got really turned on and masturbated, and she got blasted for that in reviews. People were calling this what? character a slut because she touched herself. Yeah, it was so over the top that my you know, when she published the next one in the series, she included something in the product description that's like, no slut shaming ladies, we're all here to have fun. Like she had to warn her readers to back off on these characters because That is bizarre. Because the characters aren't doing anything the readers aren't doing, you know? <laughs> So that is very weird. It was, it, 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 there are some strange behaviors. Whereas these readers, when we remember the hockey book, was it called? Yeah. It was called Pucked. That's yeah. Right. I, I, I was having trouble remembering that <laughs> That's title. A great title. Like, That's like, and Puck title. Bunnies, remember? The, oh the heroine masturbates in the first paragraph. Yes. Yeah. Um, some readers really do not appreciate that, which is weird. But like, how do you know? Like, that you doesn't know, even make sense though. Aren't it, you it jacking no off sense. the entire time you're reading one of these you books? I think so. And also, if you're only having sex with yourself, how are you being a slut? Like not not that I have any problem with sluts anyway. Sluts are some of my favorite people. Of right. course, but I think we're, we were is an underlying bipolar or not bipolar, but did, you know what I'm trying Double to say standard. No, a, like a split personality uh, oh, issue. Yeah, yeah. If you think that masturbation know. defines you as being slutty, I don't know. It's really it's it's kind of like how most of the people who read gay romance are women, but they will not accept any women in their stories. It's strange. I can actually on another time. <laughs> talk about that (laughs) great (laughs) because there's a whole genre of gay women who only want to read or watch gay male porn interesting no and i I can talk to this okay i can speak i can speak later i can speak to this or now no it's okay (laughs) another time okay let's get to the game all right okay i i um so uh in the whole shape-shifting romance genre okay um as we do here, we're going to give you a list of um, titles of classic shape-shifting <laughs> romance novels. Classic, like Victorian stuff? Absolutely. <laughs> and you have to tell us if it's a real book or a fake book. Okay. What's, what's under that petticoat? It's an actual beaver. <laughs> 
Sorry. <laughs> okay, your first one. Here, kitty, kitty. Uh, I'm going to go with real on that one. Yes. Okay. I think I've actually seen that on yes. Amazon. Do you, do you so. know what kind of cat it is or is it like a bunch of different cats? Oh, or? it's got to be, it's, it has to, here's the rule with shapeshifter erotica. It has to be a power animal. Yeah, of course. Yeah. It can't be like a hamster, you know? <laughs> the, the thing about the cougar one is when I was thinking about it, like, I mean, a cougar is a powerful, dangerous animal. Yeah. Yes. But it's also kind of small. Yeah, that would that would look kind of silly. But if like you actually when you think about it. it, like wolves aren't really that big either. You're absolutely mm. right. But werewolves aren't. Well, okay, I guess there's like a couple different kinds of werewolves. There's like I the, did, the yeah. actual wolf kind, and then there's like the Michael Jackson thriller kind. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not. But it's true. You don't you don't see fox shapeshifter novels. Yeah, I mean, I I do have a fox shapeshifter character in my novel, oh, but she's yeah, the I'm wrong. She's the lady. Oh, yeah. And she hooks up with two wolf dudes. Oh, so this is like a Disney's Robin Hood kind of thing. Oh, my God. Okay. Everyone on the face of the planet had a crush on Robin Hood when they were a kid, right? Sure. Yeah. Am I alone in this? No, no, no. Like, I know other people from the internet who have backed me up on this. Oh, no, no, no. That that movie, like, I mean, aside from being like, like, you know, a a icon, iconic thing in the furry community, like, so, so many people, like, had a sexual awakening to that Did you just say an iconic thing in the furry community? Yes. No, no, I agree with you, and I'm surprised more people aren't furries just because of that goddamn movie. Yeah, it's a, and it's also a great movie. Anyway, back to the game. I'm just shaking my head, because I have no (laughs) idea what y'alls are talking about. That's fine. I didn't know what you were talking about earlier when you were talking about sci-fi. Okay. (laughs) When the rooster crows. Oh, not real. (laughs) Roosters are not sexy. Oh, man, she's gonna nail this. (laughs) She's totally gonna nail this. His perfect mate. That's real. Because you've seen it. (laughs) Pride mates. Oh. Interesting. I'm going to say that's real. Mm -hmm. Okay. She's nailing it. You are are currently four for four. Question, though. You may not have looked closely enough at the description to answer this, but is pride mates, is that like a gay romance? That's what I was thinking. Right. I don't think it is. Okay. When a beta roars... I'm going to say that's real. Yeah. Five for five. <laughs> I, knew, I knew that one was real because it didn't sound like the kind of thing you would make up. Oh, yeah? <laughs> the okay. rooster crows. Okay. Wolf with benefits. <laughs> that's real. <laughs> yes. Six for six. <laughs> I, I think wolf with benefits has shown up in my also books. I, I book, want to so. read that so badly. <laughs> okay, she's she's doing way better than we've ever done. On any quiz. On yeah. any quiz ever. What the elephant knew. <laughs> That's not real. <laughs> but that's I, my proudest one. I, I feel like really I'm starting to get this. Like, as soon as you said that, I'm like, elephant's not sexy. Yeah, that's, that's what you use. Oh, but the, I want to write that book. What I the do, elephant I knew. I do, too. Okay. That's pretty great. Sheepshifter Squadron 6. <laughs> <laughs> Unless that's like a joke one, like a Chuck Tingle style one, I'm going to say no on that. Wait, Chuck Tingle? Okay. <laughs> No question. We got to talk about Chuck Tingle later. Yeah, we have to have you on every every week for the rest of your life. Okay. What, Matthew? Maybe we can meet in a in like a neutral place, like halfway between us. Like maybe that's like Lopez. <laughs> I knew you were gonna say that. It's not halfway between us, but I knew you were gonna say oh, that. Close enough. <laughs> it's farther away. Okay. Oh my god. Okay. Hard mated. Yeah, that's real. <laughs> Bite me. That's real. You are perfect. Okay, two more. Okay. Rocking horse riders. (laughs) That's not real. That's not real. So wait, is is a horse sexy or not? Is a rocking horse sexy? No. (laughs) I've seen a couple people who've done... Horses are sexy. Yeah, I've seen a couple people who've done some stuff with horse shapeshifters, but it didn't take off like, you know, the lions and bears and wolves and stuff. Mm -hmm. It it didn't gallop. So to speak. It didn't ride very far. (laughs) Okay, last one. Libby Hawker for a perfect... Oh, boy. One, two, three, four. High stakes. Perfect for a perfect 12 for 12. Okay, here we go. Are you nervous at all? A little bit. You shouldn't be. The Baboon Shuffle series. (laughs) Not real. (laughs) Very good. You won. Victory. We have a prize for you. Oh, you do? Yeah, it's that scone. Keep eating it. Yeah, I was was hoping you were going to say that. Okay, wait. So, So what... Can we like develop a complete list of the animals that are currently sexy? Yeah. So okay. So let me you. let me just ask. Like this is not this is not like a joke game. Like I'm I'm genuinely curious. Like okay, bears. Bears are huge right now. Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, Bear oh, down. Wait. Th- this this reminds me. Uh, I bet you can answer this. A couple of people have come to us and said bear down. It's yes. got to be. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it is. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I walked over that. Yeah. Um. 
a couple of people have come to us and said, hey, uh, dinosaur romance, shape, like <laughs> dinosaur shapeshifter romance is a thing. And every time we've looked at it, it didn't really look like it was a thing, like, you know, that there were a couple of short stories. Yeah, well, I mean, there are a, there there are several out there, but they're all written as like as gags. It's yeah, because like too sharp, know? too sharp. You want to think of fur? Yeah, I think, don't you think fur is a prerequisite? I would think so. Oh, yeah. that's interesting. Are there yeah. any? Are I don't there, think there's reptilian. I think there, there are some that people put out just because the titles can be funny, right. like like uh, the cuttlefish ones were pretty <laughs> funny, and, but there were obviously. What about to be blowfish jokes. romance? Not yet, as sure. far as I've seen, but that was a good idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My first book in the first base series. And then there's sweet cuddlefish, sweet blowfish romance. I don't know how you do blowfish sweet though, because then you can't. No. Like, you can't have the sex in there. You, you just got to do it. Well, like you have spicy. to like you have to like get in there like when they're not blown up. You know you. <laughs> Speaking you, as a zookeeper, you don't. <laughs> yes, you blow on the fish. <laughs> Except it's underwater, so it's more like blah 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 blah. blah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do oh think God, we are almost funny. out of time. Okay, we are. So I, I'm having so much fun. I want to keep this going, but we're just going to have to have Libby back on our show. Can we have you show. back oh, sometime, yeah, totally, please? Yeah. And we, we can come to you. Yeah, yeah, come up to me too, and we will we will record my podcast as well. Okay, we can do a, a twofer. But, uh, to yeah. quickly answer your question about which animals are hot, bears, wolves, big cats. That's pretty much All right. Pretty much it. Yeah, and there's no, there's no dog. No, I haven't no. seen any. No, because I think no. wouldn't Amazon mm. poo-poo that? No, I mean they they don't have a problem with bears and wolves as long as you're not banging actual bears and wolves. So they probably would be fine with dogs. It's just that most people don't find dogs to be like sexy symbol symbolic animals. Could you publish a book where like a bear does it with another bear? <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I guess. Okay. <laughs> no, just asking for a friend. <laughs> you mean your life story? <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> just asking for a friend. Okay. Our guest has been Libby Hawker. Libby, what would you like to plug? What book of yours would you like people to buy right now? Uh, my most recent one is called Mercer Girls. Go check it out. It's actually about Seattle history. And also, oh. if you want to check out my podcast, you can check oh, it yeah. out. It's about uh, the 80s cartoon gem, and you can find it at trulyoutrageouspod.com. Oh, hey. Sorry. I Sorry. said this show's over, but I have two last things. Yeah, go for it. Um, uh, Great. This is a line from your newest book, so it's plugging your newest book. <laughs> the eerie stillness of the Mill District was enough by itself to give anyone the whim-whams. Is that an STD? <laughs> <laughs> no, but it is an actual, like, like a, an authentic era version of, like, the creeps. I had, uh-huh. to, I had to research that wow. shit. Wow. Okay, and then this is just a, you know, uh, pick one question. Would you rather go down the street playing an awkward instrument, wearing a lavender skirt with fuchsia crinolines? Is this something from a book? Sort of. Okay. Or walk down the street with an uncomfortable instrument wearing a corset? Um, Probably the fuchsia crinolines. Wait, what's an uncomfortable instrument? Like like the parade I witnessed. Like the parade she's describing. You know, just like some awkward instrument. (laughs) Do we have a book picked out for next week? We sure shit don't. All right. You know what? Just go, go out on the internet. Go, you know, read. Uh, we're not going to do Libby's book on our on our podcast. Go buy it and read it. Exactly. Uh, where can and you we'll, find us? We'll come back with something else next week. You can find us at lookinsidethisbookclub.com and on facebook.com uh, slash lookinsidetbc, uh, which stands for Look Inside These Bears and Cats. <laughs> Very well done. Thank and you. Please leave us a review on iTunes. It helps yes. people find us. We are now at 15 reviews. So awesome. thank you for whoever got us to 15. All right. Thanks for, for being here. And it was great fun. And we'll have you back for sure. And for everybody else, see you next time. Bye. Wow. She's perfect for our show. Absolutely. We got someone uh, she as, just, as juvenile as, as us. As juvenile as us.